Hey, welcome to TPT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel. On this edition, we're going to check in with Brandon Wood from the Spartan Heroes and Horace Bond from the region. I think you'll enjoy these conversations. For more information about either of these teams or any of the teams competing in TPT, be sure to check out thetournament.com. My name is Brandon Wood, and I am representing the Spartan Heroes. Where does the team name come from? Uh, The team name Spartan Heroes comes from uh, the majority of the team, the coach and our booster being from Michigan State. Uh, You know, just different Spartans from different eras who uh, had the opportunity to put their footprint on the program and, you know, uh, had some great memories, you know, that the Spartan Nation always remembers. So, you know, we have Spartans from from each uh, generation that, you know, have their own story. So in their own right, you know, they're considered Spartan heroes, you know, uh, where they come from. How did this team come together? Uh, came together kind of quick. Uh, I reached out to Delvon Rowe, Derek Nix, a couple guys just to see if they were interested. And, you know, when they committed to the opportunity, uh, reached out to a few more, you know, came together kind of quick. Uh, had a chance to put a couple players from my hometown team, my hometown on the team uh, in the last few weeks. So, you know, it's a good combination of Spartans and, you know, my little brothers who, you know, I kind of raised. <laughs> Uh, why are you playing in TBT? I'm playing in the TBT, you know, just because it's it's probably the com- the most competitive group of of teams and players that you can play in in the summer, you know, and uh, a chance to to play here in America, you know, where my family can see, you know, if we advance to the next round or two, you know, my family will come out. I have a lot of family from the East Coast, you know, so just the opportunity to play here, you know, in front of uh, where I was fortunate enough to make a name for myself or my teammates were fortunate enough to make a name for ourselves. You know, uh, it's kind of different, you know, playing overseas and being away. So just having a chance to play here in front of all the fans, you know, on ESPN possibly, you know, that was an opportunity that, you know, I, w- I didn't want to pass up. What would it mean to you to win TBT? Man, it would mean a lot, you know, just, you know, for Spartan Nation, you know, just I think that would be a big deal, you know, for Michigan State. Uh, you know, obviously the money, you know, that's that's a big part. So that'll mean a di- it'll mean something different, you know, to each person, each player, you know, depending on uh, where they are in their career. But a hey, 100,000 plus for each player, you know, that's that's definitely a life changer for anybody. So, you know, besides that, just the pride, you know, just being a Spartan, you know, being a part of the Michigan State family, having a chance to represent, you know, the, the Spartan nation, you know, uh, bring the bring us together and hopefully coaches come involved and you know hopefully it's just a uh, a big deal you know even separate from the tournament I hope it's just something that'll always be remembered which team in the midwest region besides yourselves do you think is the best um to be honest I haven't really looked through the teams um I look, I've seen that Kansas State you know Kentucky have alumni team so I'm assuming they're going to be the most competitive so you know I'm always been the type that, you know, just focused on myself and my team. You know, if I'm pretty sure if we handle our business and, you know, compete how we do, uh, I think it'll, it'll play out in our favor. One of the things that um, I saw happen on Twitter, Brandon, is you, it, you sort of put this out there like, hey, let's start this team, which you started talking about getting your Spartan dogs together. It sounds like you got one there in the background. But their, yeah, response, their response was great. And it was amazing to kind of watch this happen in real time because it started, it seemingly started with just like one tweet from you that was kind of responded to by, you know, Michigan State fans from around the country. And then all of a sudden the players started getting involved. Is that actually what happened? 
Yeah, that is what happened. You know, I was uh, talking to actually one of the players I just added, Alan Arnett. I was talking to him because uh, he was on a different team uh, that was playing in the tournament. So I was talking to him on the phone. And I think this was like probably five or six weeks after you guys even start, after you guys first started the tournament. So it was really spur of the moment. I got off the phone and just started thinking like, man, you know, two million, you know, and a chance to, you know, be a leader, you know, step up, you know, add another part of my footprint to the Michigan State uh, uh, brand and culture, you know, family. You know, I wanted to step up and be that leader to uh, bring us together and, you know, even even have the chance to tie up some loose ends that, you know, may may need tied up, you know, so I wanted to be that leader to to step up and do that. Well, let's talk a little bit about the first footprint that you put on Michigan State. You had a unique and almost a trailblazing experience there. You did the graduate transfer um, probably before it really became in vogue. Can you talk a little bit about how it how it came about that you ended up at Michigan State uh, to begin with? Yeah, sure. Uh, like I said earlier, you know, when I was at Valpo, I uh, ended up, open up opening up my recruitment and, you know, sent out some letters to, to different schools across the country. And that's when the schools, you know, began to call and express their interest. And as soon as, uh, as soon as I got the call from Izzo, you know, he had Draymond call me shortly after that. You know, just uh, just the feel that I had, you know, just the family feel that, you know, at this point I, I, I have the proof, you know, I know how it is to be a part of the, you know, part of the uh, university, you know, in the basketball program. So, you know, just the, the excitement of that, you know, and to hear the names that, you know, used to play for Michigan State, you know, that was a, a opportunity that I, I definitely wasn't going to pass up. So, you know, it was a spur of the moment. Uh, it was a spur of the moment decision, but, you know, it turned out really in my favor. Well, I was really interested as well because it, it seemed like you really took to Michigan State when you got there. It wasn't a situation where you came in and you know did your year and then left, but you've got a real connection to that school, the people that watched you play, the fans, the players. How did it all come together so quickly for you? Was it such a good fit that it just couldn't it couldn't go any other way? Yeah, you know, um, I value relationships. You know, whether it's Tom Izzo or you know, the janitor that's sleeping the floor when I'm in the gym at midnight shooting by myself, you know, I'm, I treat people how I want to be treated. And, you know, I speak, uh, I say hello, I say bye, you know, I I try to, you know, I take pride in that, you know, when you do that and, you know, people like Tom Izzo notice that, you know, and, and when people, when he's asked about me, you know, that's what he says, you know, just how good of a person I am, you know, I think that, you know, that started that ball rolling, you know, and everyone else that, that's been a part of the Michigan State uh, organization, uh, accepted me from the beginning. You know, Mateen, Charlie Bell, Travis Walton, uh, uh, all them alumni, you know, they all showed a lot of love. And, you know, that combined with, you know, just, just how I approached the situation with an open mind and not, you know, thinking I'm deserving of anything. You know, I worked. That's what, that's what did it. You know, I worked from day one. And, you know, I, I earned the starting spot, you know, and I earned – my, me and my teammates earned the accomplishments we did, you know, so all that puts together, you know, I think that's where, you know, I gained that respect. And that's why, you know, the players and the coach and Travis, you know, they stepped up for me, you know, and allowed me to lead this, you know, so, you know, all thanks to them. You had a great career at Valparaiso before you went to Michigan State. And, mm -hmm. you know, Valpo is well known as sort of the Cinderella type team. 
um, in the NCAA tournaments in the Horizon League, um, certainly before Butler left. But the um, I want you to, if you can, kind of talk us about talk to us about the difference between playing at a school like Valpo versus going to Michigan State, which is probably mm-hmm. one of the top four or five, you know, most storied basketball programs in in college basketball history. Yeah, sure. Um, the biggest differences, you know, is uh, really just the workload, you know, and the attention to detail, you know, the the longer film sessions, you know, more detailed film sessions. Uh, the atmosphere is a lot, you know, a lot more energy. Uh, that's one thing Izzo stresses, just the energy. Uh, and just, you know, just uh, competing against the best athletes in the country. You know, all of my teammates are in the NBA, you know, so having a chance to, to be in that atmosphere and, uh, you know, that was that was the biggest difference, you know, of course, like the facilities, you know, the resources, the the access, you know, that was a whole different different level as well that added to the, you know, to the difference. But uh, yeah, the, the different the biggest difference, I would say, just the attention to detail in everything, you know, on the court and off the court. Is that a really a matter of resources in terms of what Michigan State can do versus what a Valpo can do with, you know, whether it's breaking down all, film? No, no. Talk to, yeah, OK. No. So I was to explain that then. I'm- yeah, I would just basically Tom Izzo. <laughs> that's that's the answer. You know, that's just you know he's a Hall of Fame coach for a reason. You know, because he pays attention to detail. You know, and he treats every day, uh, every game. You know, like it's a national championship. You know how he prepares. You know, and that that trickles down to his players. You know, so uh, yeah, I think the the biggest. Uh, because, you know, Homer Drew, Bryce Drew, you know, they, they did their job too, to at a high level, but, you know, Izzo and Michigan State and, you know, just what they've been through, what they've experienced, you know, it's, they have an edge, you know, so just that attention to detail and just knowing exactly, uh, what it takes to win and, and getting your players to buy into, to their role, you know, that's, that's what Tom Izzo does and that's, that's why he wins and that, and because, because that works. What kind of advice does he give in a pregame speech when you're playing a single elimination tournament game? You know, like what are you hearing from him that maybe sticks in your mind as you're play, playing out there on the court? Um, I mean, just just how he wears his emotions on his sleeve. You know, he's very passionate. Uh, I've never met anyone, especially uh, in the basketball world, you know, that is a, as passionate and cares so much, you know, and and, and shows it shows it you know a lot of people kind of maybe bottle their emotions in but you know he's very emotional and he 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 shows his feelings you know and that rubs off onto his team so when it comes down to a you know a single elimination situation much to say you know you could just see it in his eyes and you know the war are those the kind of things that you take with you now as you're playing professionally overseas do you are you able to kind of channel that type of positivity, that emotion and that passion that Izzo kind of portrayed in those games? Yes, I do. You know, just uh, small things like like being in practice and, you know, if you're in an Izzo practice and you're not showing energy, if you're not clapping, you know, encouraging your teammates, you know, you're going to find out about it. You're going to know about it quick. <laughs> so, you know, just stuff, small things like that. Uh, you know, I've always been the type to encourage my teammates because I'm a good teammate. You know, and I care, you know, I care about my teammates. So, you know, small things like that uh, are things that I, I, I try to carry with me, you know, wherever I go. 
Let's talk a little bit about the construction of this team, uh, the Spartan Heroes. Like, how how were you able to do this and bring it together in such a rapid fashion? Because, like you said, that the site had been on for five or six weeks. Applications had been going on. It's not an easy thing to pull all these guys together. How many phone calls did you make? What what was the walk us through that process in terms of how it actually all came to fruition? Um, I mean, it was pretty easy. I mean. I, everybody I hit up, you know, they responded back quick, you know, told me whether yes or no, you know, because I reached out to some other Spartans who, who uh, were kind of on the borderline, couldn't really commit, you know, so uh, I just gave them that, that opportunity, you know, and told them, you know, whether you can play or not, you know, I just wanted to, you know, give you this invite, you know, because you are a Spartan hero, you know, you deserve this, you know. Uh, you know, obviously the, the Spartans I stay in touch with, but uh, – yeah, you know, that just the support that the players showed up quick, you know, it was it made my job a lot easier and it's it's probably a lot it's probably a, a smoother process than what you all can imagine and and probably compared to what other teams and, you know, GMs have to go through. You guys also have a lot of support from the fans. You're only 200 votes away from the 2000 mark. And if you hit the 2000 mark as you know before July 8th, you can add a ringer when you get to the round of uh, 16. Is that something you guys are going to go for, you think? Uh, yeah, I think the the two players we added today, DJ Ballantyne and Leon Rogers, uh, I was looking on their, you know, their social media a little bit, and I seen they got a good a good following. So in the next couple of days, I'll probably have them uh, do some little marketing, advertising, try to get a few more votes. That's what you were studying um, that graduate year at Michigan State, right, was marketing? Advertising, yeah. My oh, advertising. Was, okay. Yeah. All right. So how much of that do you feel like you used, not just in terms of maybe pushing it out on social, but I noticed that you did a really great job uh, PR-wise, you know, getting some of the media attention, things like that. Were those things that you undertook yourself or did that come about naturally? Uh, both. You know, it comes about naturally, you know, just uh, just by being a leader, you know, and, and understanding, you know, uh, just how to uh being overseas you know i kind of have to we have to advertise ourselves a lot of the cases you know so that combined with you know i have two of my own companies that i do a lot of advertising for a lot of marketing for so you know just over the years you know i've been promote hosting uh entertainment events uh different events in my hometown camps mentoring programs training for you know going on probably 10 years uh, in about three years officially, you know, so uh, it's just something I'm, I'm good at, you know, and uh, I was just ready, you know, just, it's easy, you know, it's pretty easy for me. <laughs> what are the business, what are the businesses yeah, you have? Uh, we have a, two companies. I have a nonprofit, uh, the Brandon Wood Foundation, and we have a company, Moboy LLC, in town. Uh, like I said, we've been, you know, promoting entertainment events, parties, uh, camps, mentoring programs, a variety of stuff, you know, so it's just a platform, you know, for a different uh, variety of different uh, different endeavors. So I have a big event coming up in my hometown, our third annual uh, Moboy Summerfest. It's like 15 teams. Uh, it's a five-on-five tournament. 15 teams from around the Midwest uh, come to my hometown uh, to the park and play, play in a double elimination tournament. Uh, it's a cornhole tournament. Uh, there's live performances, so you know just a, a variety of different things. So, you know, I've, I've uh, been, I'm pretty seasoned in marketing and advertising. So, smooth. 
Um, how much of what you're you've got going here with this team do you feel like is the result of what you've been able to accomplish overseas? And what I mean by that is it's difficult to establish a career over there. It's not easy. You've got to be consistent. Have you looked at guys in terms of their experiences overseas to pick them for the squad at all? Or is it mainly just, you know, I'm going to go with these Michigan State guys and then I've got these other two or three guys from my hometown? Like, I get, in other words, how, no, important, was, how important is the professional background of these guys when, when you're kind of trying to construct a team? Um, it, I wouldn't say it was very important, but, you know, every player that's on our team is a professional, you know. Everybody, I think, except Charlie, plays still professionally overseas, you know. So uh, I know that I knew that that you know having players that play pro that that are in all, in their off season training, you know, I know that there's a better chance that they be in shape. You know, yeah. I don't have to worry about you know guys getting in shape because you know players are working. Where a couple players, you know, Darrell is is going overseas, you know, so. Couple players are are in that situation, so you know we have to stay in shape. You know, so uh, that definitely is a I think will be an advantage uh, that we'll have that we have everybody that's that's still playing pro and still playing at a high level. And the plan is to have a training camp. Is that going to be up in East Lansing before the games, or what's the yeah. story in terms of getting together? Yeah, I fly into Detroit July 11th uh, that evening, so uh, what, I'll probably get in the gym that night. You know, probably a few of us that night with Travis that'll get in the gym and then hopefully the next day a few more people will roll in. So uh yeah, just looking forward to getting up there and getting together and, you know, getting on the same page, uh getting some good work in, getting some lifts in and just doing just getting that chemistry ready for the weekend. Do you feel like that's gonna come back pretty quickly based upon the guys that you've played with before? What's that? Do you feel like that chemistry will come back fairly quickly based upon having played with a lot of these guys before? I think I don't think it'll be a problem at all. You know, like I said, we're all high level professionals. You know, we understand what it takes to win, you know. So regardless of we have really our whole our whole lineup is our can really get buckets. <laughs> you know, but you know, at the same time, you know, we understand what it takes to win. You know, we understand you know, what it means to make the, the the extra pass because we trust the person that we're passing to because we all play at a high level still. So I don't think that'll be a problem, you know, just probably just put in a couple sets, you know, just to have some some structure, you know, but uh, I don't think it'll be an issue at all. How, um you mentioned that you watched the tournament the last couple of years. How closely did you follow it? Um, Actually, last year, I, I just watched it for the first time and I, I think I... I might have just seen the the championship uh, because it was a team from out here that was that was on that team, and I actually, you know, it's, it's I actually I don't, I don't remember the GM's name from that team, but I sent him a message, and if he checks his messages, his filter messages, he'll see a message that I asked him if I could play with him. Oh, last year or last year or this year? But you know, <laughs> I, I did I did offer my my services. Interesting, you know, interesting. But, so Mike Iliano, the GM, had an opportunity to actually take out some competition because if you had played with him, there would be no Michigan State team in the event. Exactly. Interesting. Exactly. Well, I'll have to tell him about that. So this is interesting. So you're watching the championship game last year, and you're thinking to yourself, "This is something interesting." You know, what is this? Whatever. And then it was really just in the spring that the decision was made to kind of, as you said, spur of the moment, kind of jump in. It sounds like. Yeah, I, did, I really. After after I watched that game, there really was like I didn't plan on playing this year. You know, it wasn't like it was really spur of the moment. Like I get off the phone with uh, one of my boys; he's playing, 
Uh, I'm gonna try to put a team together, and that's when I hit up Delvon. He doesn't even play anymore, so he's the only one that doesn't play. But so I hit him up, you know, and then hit up the guys, and you know they stepped up. Now it sounds like Draymond is going to the Olympics. Have you talked to him about that? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Uh, I haven't talked to him uh, in the last week or two, but yeah, I'm I'm happy for him, man. That's 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 an amazing co- accomplishment, you know, and just to. You know, I feel honored to to have played with him, you know, live with him. Uh, that was my roommate. And, you know, when I go and talk to kids, you know, around here, around Arizona, you know, that's the, that's, that's the main, that's the hot topic. You know, Draymond, you know, you live with Draymond, you know, you play with him, woo, woo. So, yeah, you know, I'm I'm just honored to to have been a part of his journey and very happy for him and his family because he they deserve it for sure. Well, the TBT Championship is August 2nd. The Olympics start. I think it's August 6th, later that week. So he's probably going to be in Brazil. Do you think they'll get ESPN down there so they'll be watching you guys on, on national TV, international TV? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he, I'm sure he has some, some little hookup that where he can, he can get it. It'd be pretty, <laughs> so hard. Sure. It'd be pretty hard for him, I'm sure, sitting on the couch watching the Spartans play without him yeah. <laughs> being involved. Yeah, I know if he was available, he would definitely be in attendance. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I'm sure he'll, he'll figure out a way to watch it. All right, Brandon, I really appreciate your time. Good luck in Chicago. Uh, no problem. Thank you. Thank you very much. My name is Horace Bond, and I'm here to represent the team, the region, and the TBT. Horace, where does the team name come from? All right, the team name, it started with uh, Corey Moore, our GM. He's the co-founder of our team. Well, he's the founder of our team, actually. And um, he always used to play in Chicago, and these local programs. And uh, he's a bunch of guys from Indiana. They're not all from the same area, but we're all from the same region. And, uh, you know, the name, the region actually kind of stuck with us and we've been carrying it ever since. How did this team name or how did this team come together? All right. Well, before before I started playing like the pro am used to be a bunch of guys before our time. They used to play with, with Corey Moore and uh, which is he also known as Cornbread. So like, that's how we got involved. So Corey go and play against the top competition. And each year it's just like. Pretty much anything, you got to keep getting better and better. And he brought those young guys aboard to um, participate. And that's how we became a team. And why are you playing in TBT? I'm playing in TBT for several reasons. The first reason is it's elite competition and we like to play against the best. And the second part, the second th- part about it is like it's more than just basketball with us. Like we like to do a lot of stuff, we like to call ourselves a family. So like we like to do more than just like thinking of basketball, like opportunity to meet new people to do things, and the third thing is give us a chance to win some money, doing what we love, a nice size amount of money to be exact. What would it mean to win TBT? Man, it would be an honor to win TBT. Like, it's give you the same atmosphere like you're still in college, like the March Madness feeling. And, and you just, if you watch March Madness this year, it was amazing. I want that feeling again, like being part of March Madness, because I've been in college for like four years. Which team in your region besides yourselves do you think is the best? Well, I am a Big Ten basketball. I would say the, uh, the Michigan State team because my friend uh, plays there, Brandon Woods. So. And uh, I think besides that, I think that would probably be about it on uh, Michigan State team. So are you going to be surprised if Michigan State doesn't make it through to at least Philadelphia? <laughs> I, uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't be surprised because anything like would happen in uh, basketball, but I would be – It'd run through my mind like, dog. I thought they had a chance. Yes, it would. If you guys, if you guys were to get matched up with them, how would, how do you think you would approach that that game? 
well, us guys coming from the region, we like to compete and we play hard. So, like, I believe that if it, if it came down to it, our guys will not be afraid to compete at a high level with them at all. I think we'll do just – I think we do well. Is that team – is that – so that area that you're talking about is Gary, Indiana, uh, Hammond, Indiana, right? And then sort of southern um, – I guess southeastern Illinois, east of Chicago, right? Yes. So is that do, – do people call that the region or did you all just adopt that name – Yourself. Well, you know, you know what the crazy part about it? It's kind of an adopted name, and and also it's a uh, it's a filter on Snapchat. Oh, really? So like it says the, yeah, it says the region, yeah. So like it, it has its perks with it. So like it's kind of like it stuck with us, and like Corey just made it up a little bit, so it just came like that. How how much of the recruiting for the votes did you get involved with, Horace? Well, let's see. Like I um when it first started, I um. Corey had told me he, he needed us to try to at least at least get at least get ten votes a day. At least try to get ten votes a day because like yeah. his friend, she 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 really worked her butt off to help us get votes. Who was that? Uh, I I don't I know her by her nickname. What is that? Uh, I, I don't think it's uh, appropriate. For me to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think she would like that. But uh, she did a great she did an outstanding job helping us get votes. Like she really was like doing a lot of advertising and marketing for our team. It seemed like when we were going through votes and reviewing everything that there really was a lot of grassroots interest in your team. You know, it was beauty salons, barbershops, and, and things like that, that, that places where the word was really getting out. Did you notice that as, as the voting was going on, that that was where the, the real interest was? That, 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 that's what she does. She, that, she's into, like, the beauty. She's, a, uh, she's also a sorority sister. So, okay. Like, so, like, she's into beauty, like, in barbershops and stuff like that. So, like, I, like that's how I knew most of our interest was going to come from, like, places of the area, that environment, because she knows a lot of people. In, in terms of the guys in your team, like who do you think is going to surprise people when they, when they see him play in TBT? Maybe a guy that isn't well-known or something. Well, well, let's see. And up here, I would say uh, Jay Mills. He played in tournament of champions in, um, in Chicago. He's like a 6'5". He's, he's very strong. He's a great rebounder. And like people going to look at him like, oh, he's short, but he's—I think he would surprise a lot of people because he's strong and he has wait, a nose for the ball. Wait, you don't mean you don't mean John? You mean Jonathan Mills on Hoopville? Yes. Okay, what about on your team? Our team. Uh, let's see. Well, who would I say will surprise some people? You can say yourself if you want. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say myself. Uh, They sound right. Okay, why? Because he's a he's six four. He's a skinny, rangy kid, and he has an irky jerky game. And he shoots shots that you'd be like, he's not going to. He goes in. That's the kind of player he is. He like, like a high degree of difficulty shot. Yes. What about in terms? Yes. What about in yes. terms of you guys playing together? Have you been playing together with this group for a while, or is it more like you came together for TBT? We've been playing together for for a while. For a while, like we play all. All local rec leagues, programs, we all play together. And so how many times a summer do you think you all get together to we, play? Is it like every night? Well, I wouldn't say, let's see, we say Tuesday, Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> so so when, you, when you're doing this, I mean, do you guys lose very often? Or like what, what, type, of team, what type of team beats you when you do get beaten? We, 
a team that a team that beats us is a team that has like a a team that has good chemistry that, that makes shots, that makes tough shots, that make tough shots. That's do you have a and um teams with like really like big guys like seven footers. And do you have a particular? Is that your baby in the background there? Yeah, Taylor, come get him. Congratulations. So, so tell me a little bit about the style of play that we can expect from the region. What sort of things should we look for? Uh, fast pace, defense, open shots, physical. Who's the, physical. Who's the best physical. shooter on your team? The best shooter on our team will be Deshaun Wright. Without any question? With, with no hesitation, Deshaun Wright. Okay. Deshaun Wright and Sean Smith. And Sean Smith. All right. Here's a, here's a tough question. Game is on the line. And uh, there's, say, a second left. You guys are down by three. You need a three to tie it. Who's the first guy you want taking the shot, and who's the last guy you want taking the shot? The f- first guy I want taking the shot is Deshaun Wright. All right, who's the last? The last guy I want taking the shot, I would say Will Walker. Why? Is he going to get mad at you for saying that? No, nah, he's not going to get mad. But I don't – yeah. In terms of – um. Yeah, in terms of like just being a basketball fan, have you looked at any of the, any of the other uh, regionals and kind of had your eye on a couple of teams that you're interested in maybe seeing play? Of course. Which the ones? Syracuse team. Syracuse. The Syracuse? How come? Because I, I like I like Syracuse. I've been like Syracuse since I was a kid. I like I like mostly Big East teams. Syracuse, UConn. Why well, I'm a Big East fan besides. Growing up in Big Ten, area. I was going to say, how did you grow up in Big Ten country and become a Big East fan? DePaul didn't. Well, I guess DePaul was in there while you were kind of growing up yeah, too, DePaul, right? DePaul was a Big East school, and uh, but I like because I went to a lot of, uh, you know, Notre Dame's in Indiana too, and it was a Big East school. Yep. So I used to go like watch like a lot of Big East games in Big Ten, like back and forth, Big Ten, Big East. I just like Big East basketball because they have like a lot of tall guys that like. Really athletic, that can run, and like that's that's what I got. I like run and jump. So I'm a tall athletic guy. How did and you end? How did you end up down at um, Texas A&M Corpus Christi? All right, so the, actually the coach uh, Billy Garrett, he's a coach at um DePaul, assistant coach at DePaul. At the time, he was an associate assistant head coach at University of Iowa. And while he was at Iowa, he had canceled on our practices. But Coach Steve Alford had left from the University of New Mexico. Excuse me. After that, Coach Gary got a uh, coaching job at Texas and Corpus Christi. At the time, only had like like five schools really showing me interest in recruiting. And Coach Gary was the main one sticking around. And wherever he went, I had went. And he, Corpus Christi. And it, the crazy part about it, when I when I first like seen like this, I googled it. It was a school on a bunch of water. So I was like, you got to take a plane to the school. Like, no, it's like a regular city, you know. Then I got there. The the place is amazing. Like Corpus Christi is an amazing place. It is amazing, and uh, they embraced me, and I liked it on my visit. I signed, I committed. That's great. That's great. Now, right this past season, you played in Bolivia. Yes. But tell me about what that experience was like. <sighs> okay. My, my, from the day I arrived in Bolivia, we uh, I flew in from my from Chicago to Miami, from Miami to La Paz, Bolivia. So I get there. It's freezing. It's like freezing. It's like maybe 17 degrees. Remind you back home, it was about like in the 80s still. So I'm thinking like it's South America is going to be okay. So I get there. It's kind of it's chilly. So when I get off the airplane, 
to catch a bus. I'm thinking I'm gonna catch it like an hour or two. My bus ride from La Paz to Mexico City was nine hours. <laughs> so like, and so as as we driving, I'm finding it harder and harder for me to like to catch my breath. I'm like, man, what what is going on? I looked at my phone. I seen the altitude change by like seven thousand. So the first day I got, there, I, I couldn't practice the first two days because my body I couldn't sustain nothing. Like I, I was having a hard time breathing. My coach was like, "It's okay, it's okay." So like. That part was cool, but the uh, competition, it was okay. It, it wasn't that bad. It was actually a couple guys that I played against before, like other leagues in Mexico and in Europe. The season is short. The fans are very passionate, very passionate. This year, first year in the league, you know, we got to the playoffs, which is really cool. We actually won a game in the playoffs as well. So that was always cool, too. Did you um did you play all your games at that kind of altitude? Uh, 60% of them, yes, I so- did. Do you feel like you're in amazing shape now, cardiovascular-wise, coming down from that? Because people say if you practice at that elevation, you're you're in much better shape when you come down. Yeah, I, I actually when I came home, like I didn't I didn't do anything. I took like a little vacation. I didn't do anything. I didn't. I, I came back and worked out. My win was like I never left. So like I believe it helped. That's great. I believe it. Well, Horace, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Oh, no, All right, and good luck. Good luck in Chicago. I, I, I got a question. Yes, for you. please. Favorite out of each region. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like you know how you ask a parent uh, who their favorite kid is. They have a favorite, but they can't say it. Uh, <laughs> kind of. That's kind of like uh, what I'm feeling. Like you know, you know, I really can't have an opinion. There are teams that I'm looking forward to seeing play for sure. You know, like I think as a Boston College, I grew up a Big East fan in BC. I'm looking forward to seeing that Skinner's free train team in the West. Um, you know, there's some teams in the in the uh, Midwest I'm looking forward to see. I think the South region is going to be unbelievably competitive. I think there's probably all 16 teams wouldn't surprise me. Um, but to be honest with you, the teams that I like and the stories I like following are the underdog ones. You know, you've got guys that maybe didn't go to the big-name schools that, that uh, have an opportunity to shine on a stage like this. And I look at a team last year like uh, Dirty South that really did great. And I look at some of those teams, and I, I those are the ones that personally I enjoy. I enjoy seeing. Okay, yeah. all right. I, and you okay. can you can figure out where the region fits into that category. I mean, I think I think you guys have got something special going on here, and I'm hoping that you have a lot of success for sure. Yeah, I, I think we'll surprise some people. I think you will too. All right, Horace, I appreciate your time, and we'll touch base soon. Good luck. All right, all right, thank you.